don't know. Look at you. I would. I'm <laughs> just kidding. That's so mean. All right. Um, look at your stupid body. Look at your dumb body. You're it so sucks. frail. How are you even s- sitting you there? You have a right bad now? body, Joe. Your body sucks. So your body's working against itself. Your yeah. knees are bad. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're gonna have knee surgery you, in two years. You can't even beat your own body. How would you beat <laughs> yeah, my body? Your body's already kicking your butt. Yeah, I already can hardly stand. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Rudy Teeson's favorite football no podcast. Way. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Rudy was that Te- last week? That was last week. Wow. Doesn't feel like it, but it was. I'm no, not going to say that it feels like it's been a long time because I say that on every podcast. Uh, but yeah, last week we had Rudy on. I'm joined, obviously, by my illustrious producer, Joe Teeson. Uh, how's it going, Joe? Uh, it's going good. You were saying? And we were saying, uh, I was saying, last week, uh, last week's episode, we had a surprise guest. And that surprise guest was our good friend, Rudy. Mm-hmm. Our good friend, Rudy Teeson. He, you know, he, he came on, thought he really, he really brought it, mm-hmm. you know? His first ever podcast So we have him here again. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's actually his podcast now. Yeah, he bought it. Uh, Rudy, why don't you just... No, I'm just kidding. He's not here today. As far as we know, he was not invited last time either, so he could appear really at any times. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. We enjoyed it, recording it. It was a little chaotic, uh, a little different from what we usually do, um, but this is the Average Joe football show. We're going to get to football at some point uh, in the podcast. We're going to talk about some news uh, Julio Jones finally being traded about time. And then I'm going to give you some players uh, with something to prove in 2021. That's right, something to prove in 2021. We're going to get into that later, but we always like to start off the show talking to uh, my producer, Joe, because, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't know much about football, but I think he knows a ton about life. Yeah. And you're just so wise. You're wise yeah. beyond not only your years, but your ears, I mm. would say. You're also wise beyond <laughs> your ears. I would think so, too. Um, yeah, Joe, anything? Uh, how you been? Words from the wise? Word, yeah. Words from your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been super good. Yesterday, you took me out on a date. Uh, yeah, sort of, if you want to put it that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we played spike ball. No. No, oh, not man. spike ball. I called, I guess, uh, today I called it spickleball to my wife. Spickleball. Yeah, because I keep wanting to call it spike ball, but it's pickleball. Yeah, pickleball. We uh, are investing in a new sport. Mm-hmm. Pickleball. I recently got into it. So fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just a great time. It's like it's like I love the game of ping pong. I love mm-hmm. ping pong, and this yeah. is just life size, human size ping pong. Yeah. Like, like you are the paddle. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like big ping pong, small tennis. Yes, that's it's exactly kinda, what I referred to it to a guy at work today. Really? Yeah. I think that's the perfect way to describe it. Big ping pong, small tennis. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a challenge. You know, just challenging enough to where you you work up a sweat. But also easy enough that most people that play it are 65 plus. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, we, we did good. I, I mean, I, I beat you pretty bad. Uh, I will well, not lie. Also, we have to talk. Okay, yeah. Like Joe had played many times before. I had, this is my first time playing. Okay, excuses. Um, but yeah, anyways. 
Also, Joe, uh, the first time that we ever played, I had a really nice shot. Um, oh, it was my <clears> first game. Wasn't it the yeah. first game? It was first game. It was not far into the game. Had a really nice shot. And <laughs> Joe, I mean, I got to respect you for just doing everything you could to, to hang in there with that <laughs> shot. Uh, just went all out for it at the back of the court. Ends up tripping and falling into the fence that was behind him, and you cut up all your fingers. Yeah, all but one. All but one of my fingers is bleeding. My um, and it's the skin, and it's not like I cut them. I literally I stripped the skin from the top of them. They're just all they're stripped. This was look at that. No, don't even talk. Look at that. I can. I. It's actually quite brutal. Like I know it's bad. It's worse than you would think. And this whole underneath my fingernails all bruised too. Everything. Oh, that was the first game. So I played three or four games after that so you gotta I, take it easy because I, I had an injured hand i respect you i respect you for playing because that was that was hilarious like if you just imagine a guy running as hard as he can <laughs> to get a wiffle ball <laughs> and you trip like face first i was falling for the, a few seconds you were <laughs> falling and you just right into the fence like the fence was there and you mm-hmm. and you were there as well yeah me and the fence became one yeah and you did and that fence probably still has some of your flesh on it yeah it stripped me of my finger flesh yeah so. that was uh that was hilarious i wish i would have got that recorded that would have been phenomenal but yeah pickleball we also had to play on the tennis courts after a bit because yeah. they, they the park and Rex department didn't turn on the lights. Exactly. Um, the tennis court lights were on. Uh, <laughs> pickleball courts were not. It was almost as if they were to say pickleball is some, not something that maybe grown men should be playing. Maybe we should take <laughs> up tennis. Yeah. Uh, tried to get some of the tennis players to help us turn the lights on. They were not interested. They could not care they, less to help us. They didn't They didn't even want to talk to us. Yeah, it was... I mean, they were not interested. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, maybe they couldn't have helped. I don't know. But they, they yeah. turned the lights on for the tennis courts. Yeah. You'd think they could have turned the lights on for the pickleball courts. You think courts. they had a key? They just didn't want Oh, to... listen. Tennis players, I'm not ruling it, ruling them out. Okay, okay. I mean Honestly. That, that's such a tennis player thing to do, and it oh. might be. Uh, what do you think their names were? Oh my goodness, I don't want to. It's probably like Stefan and Trevor and Trevor for sure. Trevor and Stefan. Oh my goodness, that's that's tennis players for you, honestly. Um, but yeah, pickleball, super fun. Um, another thing that was not really super fun after, afterwards we went, uh, me and my wife went home, obviously it was kind of late by the time we were done playing pickleball, Mm -hmm. I went home, uh, and it was already pretty late. And then I realized that the, the Logan Paul versus, uh, Floyd Mayweather fight was happening. Oh my goodness. Um, and this is like, that's a fight that I wouldn't have watched. Like if I was busy, I wouldn't have made a point to watch, but I was like, I'm already up, you know, I'm going to, you know, load this thing up and, and. And and find a stream, uh, in a, a what? potentially illegal way, um, allegedly. And so I watched the fight, and I've got to say, I don't watch a whole lot of boxing, uh, but that was the worst thing I've ever seen. And I was so frustrated, just with Floyd Mayweather, with the whole thing. And I, I you know, we should have known. Really, mm-hmm. us people should have known this was just a publicity stunt. And I did know. But, like, I thought that Floyd Mayweather, you know, this is a great boxer. He's, like, the one of the greatest boxers of all time. 50-0. and 0. Mm-hmm. He's never lost. I mean, just a phenomenal. You think that he would have a little bit of pride and try to knock out a YouTuber, a guy who got famous for making vines. Yeah. That's why he's there. It's the only reason he's fighting you. Mm-hmm. I thought he would take a little pride and, like, just try to knock him out. 
But Floyd had no interest whatsoever. And you didn't watch the fight, so I'm kind of trying to describe it to you. I, I watched some highlights from it. Okay. Um, it was just a lot of hugging involved. And there's even some people alleging that Floyd helped Logan stay on his feet at some points. Like he would come to punch him and he would kind of stumble and you, it looked like Floyd was helping him stay up. So it's like this whole thing was Here, a buddy. scam. I mean, it was yeah. a scam. And, the, you know, and nobody lost in the end because nobody got knocked out and they didn't even announce a winner. There was no decision. The only There's no winner. There was no loser. The only losers are the people that paid for that pay-per-view. Yeah, exactly. Honestly, we're all the losers. <laughs> we're the and losers. That was just, I don't know. It's just, you know, Floyd Mayweather, like, I understand money is the most important. His, his nickname is literally Floyd Money Mayweather. And that's all he cares about. But, like, take some pride in what you do, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I in, I understand he's old. He's quite a bit smaller than Logan Paul, but he's a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. Like, you've been doing this for your whole life. This is your whole... This is your thing. Mm-hmm. How And he didn't show any interest in knocking him out. He wasn't even fighting. No. It was just... No. He was, was, he was deacon and dodging. And, you know, I th- still think he won the fight. Like, if they were... If the judges were scoring it, I think it was not even close. Floyd won. But, I mean, how do you not knock him out? I don't know. It's just that was so frustrating. It was such a stupid fight. It got to round eight. I was like, "What am I doing?" Yeah, here? they went all eight rounds. All eight rounds. All eight rounds with the guy. Well, I mean, come on, with Logan Paul, and then you had to deal with Jake Paul and the crowd. And golly, these guys, man. And, and I'm just playing right into what they, you know. They want to be the bad guys. They want to get on people's nerves. They want to. Get that's how they get their publicity, and I'm just playing right into that. Mm-hmm. So maybe I should stop, but I don't know. It's just it was a lot to take in, and uh, but that did get me thinking uh, about about boxing, about fighting, and I think boxing as a sport. Um, I had a take on boxing before we at work before Unpopular it did not opinion. it did not go over well, and you know we don't need to get into it, but it did not go over <sighs> well with you and Rudy. It was not. A good take. Basically, I'm. I, the fact is the the ratings in boxing are are down. People don't watch boxing the same way they used to, uh, and I think that the reason that matches like this are happening is because boxing is very desperate to get people to watch their sport because UFC is the biggest thing in the world right now. I mean, UFC is huge, so I think that this is a thing. And I was trying to think like what other celebrity match, what other celebrity boxing matches you'd like to see. And, you know, I, I thought about this long and hard, um, at least six or seven minutes. Um, and, okay. I, and I came up with, I have a matchup that I think would be really, Joe, I don't know if you I have. I got one. You got one. Okay. I asked you to prepare. Oh, you you want to share yours first? Or no, go? you go. Okay. I'll go first. Okay. That's a little bit more pressure I wasn't quite ready for. Okay. So I was thinking a lot and like I had a bunch of different, like I had a bunch of different thought processes. Like initially I was like, oh, maybe you want to get two big buff guys. Like maybe a Vin Diesel in, a, in like The Rock or something. Like just mm-hmm. see them really fight. Because that would be kind of cool. Because they're both like big, you know, big guys. And they yeah. fight in the Fast and the Furious movie. Want to see them fight in real life. Or like big dudes. But but then I was like, I don't know. Because like we see really good athletes fight each other all the time. In boxing and mm-hmm. UFC and stuff like that. Uh, so then I was like, maybe, you know, I, I, I should go a different direction. Maybe I should go something that would be funny. Like... It would just be funny to see these two people fight. Like seeing like Michael Sarah fight anybody. I think that would be the funniest <laughs> thing ever. Yeah. Just because. I love Michael Sarah. I mean, I could beat up Michael Sarah. No, I'm you pro- could Yes, not. I could beat up Michael Sarah. 
Michael Sarah and like George Michael. George Michael. Um, but I I came to a good conclusion, and and this I would have never guessed that this is where. And my wife kind of helped me out with this a little bit. Uh, she came up with the first. So the per- first person I have is Kevin Hart. Okay. Now hear me out. I know Kevin Hart is like everybody kind of hates him. He's like a cheesy comic or whatever. But you cannot deny Kevin Hart is one of the most famous people in the world. Oh yeah, absolutely. In the world, like he's probably the most famous um, comedian right now. Just a big time guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin also short, very short man. Yeah, he's super short. So he's my five 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 five. So my thought process was. When I got Kevin Hart in mind, I was trying to think of who's another short celebrity. Because I don't want to see a Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul type where one is 6'5", and the other one's 5'9". Mm-hmm. And that was just, I mean, I don't want to see that. I want to see two evenly matched guys. I was trying to think of who is another celebrity that's kind of known for being notorious, notoriously short. Um, and I don't know if you have any oh ideas of where I'm going. I, I, but I'm going to say Kevin Hart versus Tom Cruise. Oh, Tom Cruise. Not where I, I can tell you, you this is not where you thought I was not going. Not even close. Who did you think I was going to go? And mine's going to be better. The one that I thought, I thought you were going to say Kevin Hart and Danny DeVito. Okay. <laughs> now that would be good too, but I think that's just ridiculous. Why? Hear me out with the Kevin Hart versus, because I think this could be a real, real match. Both these guys okay. I think are in really good shape. You, you know Tom Cruise. I know you're pretty young. Like you're aware of Tom, you're aware to of Tom Cruise, right? I didn't even watch the Mission Impossible movies. Okay, well you should get on that. Listen to me. Okay, so this is my thought process. Kevin Hart, like I said, biggest guy in the world right now, like just so famous. It's like him and The Rock. They're like the two most famous people in America, pretty much. Sure. In, which is essentially the world. Um, so then you take him, and he's got like it's it's basically a generational battle, because then you take Tom Cruise, who is the most famous person from like when my mom was my age pretty much like just like very famous they're both like you know and tom cruise is a little older he's 58 right now which is insane that is unbelievable 58 years old but in an incredible shape yeah and just a crazy person overall like the scientology stuff aside i mean he does all his own stunts and all his own movies that's Mm -hmm. insane he's in really good shape kevin hart i don't know how he's doing after that car accident that he had so Oh, yeah. Maybe this is all in very poor taste to say that I want to see him fight somebody. Um, but he's in good shape. Uh, they're both, you know, short. And I think just like you would draw so much attention because think about it. All the people from this generation would co- go to see Kevin Hart. All the mm-hmm. people from like my mom's generation would go to see um, go to see Tom Cruise. And yeah. imagine the viewers for that. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking as a businessman at this point. And, and not only a businessman, but I think it'd be a fantastic fight. Yeah. Tom Cruise versus sure. Kevin Hart. Am I uh-huh. not convincing you at all? No, no, yeah, that's good. I think this is a phenomenal fight. That would be a really good fight. But, I, would, I would like, I would watch it. I would but, maybe even pay for it. That would, be, that, that would be close to getting paid. I think that would, and I think that they both have uh, pride and they would both, you know, they would, they would come to the table and, and try to win it. I think Tom Cruise is a crazy person. Um, and I, I that's what I want to see in my boxer. Uh, so Kevin Hart is between 5'2 and 5'4 is what the internet says. Oh, wow. Which is insane. And like, I'm going to quickly check how tall Tom Cruise is. Is he also pretty short? Yeah, he's a short man. Like they had to stand in boxes and stuff for some of his movies. So he's 5'7. Uh-huh. So he's actually got... This is basically the same height difference between <laughs> Logan Paul. And, so he's 5'7". That's also quite short. I I don't think Kevin Hart's actually that short. That seems insanely short. I thought he was... 
five four. I watched a video. I was actually watching a video of him today, where he said I thought he said he was five five or five something. Yeah, five five. There's actually when you look up Kevin Hart height, um, one of the questions like it always says people also ask, mm -hmm. and it says is Kevin Hart taller than Tom Cruise? <laughs> so I mean, look, this has legs. People, you know, they want to compare these two. They want to. I think they'll want to see him fight. So okay. that's my fight, Kevin Hart and Tom Cruise. Nice, I love it. I, I, you better come with some fire. I really feel like you didn't respect mine very, very much. No, listen, there's a lot you can say about that. Okay, mm -hmm. you and it seems like you really prepared for yours and you had like stuff to say about who would watch it. Yeah. No, I listened. Um, I, I brought it. Basically, what I'm saying is this would be a great fight. Okay, and you mm -hmm. were you came to me at work today and told me to come up with something, and mm -hmm. you said we could do it in any kind of fighting style. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's another thing I want to say. Mine would be a boxing match. Yours would be a boxing. I match. just think that would be cool. To, I don't know. MMA is a little too much for them. I think. Okay. So yeah, mine would be a boxing match. I would. Okay, that's good. Uh, yeah, you thought about yours a lot. I could tell. Uh, yeah. I didn't think about mine per se that much. Yeah. Um, which is fine. Okay, yeah, but uh, I think you're gonna like it. You were saying that you would like these big guys like Vin Diesel okay. and The Rock to fight and and stuff like that. And I think I'm gonna go off of that a little bit more. Okay, that's where that's kind of where I'm. Heading. I like that. I didn't know that you would go in this direction. Oh, uh, that's yeah. It's kind of where I'm heading. Uh, big, big. What do you think when you think big? Um, to, uh, honestly, the first thing that popped into my head was the great Kali. He's a WWE fighter. He was very right. big. Big. Um. You want big. You like big. Yeah. Okay. People like to see big people. Yeah. All right. I'm talking. Okay. I do. Is it a, so? These are celebrities. Big people. Jiu Jitsu. Jiu Jitsu. Rolling around on the ground yeah. together. Fighting. Jiu Jitsu. Yeah. With uh, Big Ed. Big Ed. And big Chungus. <laughs> big Chungus. Okay. Oh, goodness gracious. Who you got in this match? That would be just the, the center of gravity in this fight. You got Big Ed and you got Big Chungus. If you guys don't know who Big Ed and Big Chungus Big are. Ed from 90 Day Fiance, No Neck Big Ed. And Big Chungus from Big Chungus. Yeah, Big Chungus himself. No, <laughs> no introduction no, needed. No explanation yeah. needed. He's basically even more famous than Kevin Hart. Yeah. How? So, what, what is their measurements, you think? Who you on, got? On, okay. Well, we gotta take a look. See, <laughs> this here is we go. Great. I'm glad that you had both those pictures pulled up like that. You big, big Ed and Big Chungus. That that is amazing. They both have the name Big. So I was expecting you to go big, as in big people, but you just went with the big so big uh, name. Big Ed from 90 Day Fiance is 4'11". Oh, <laughs> He's um, still not that much shorter than Kevin Hart, apparently. Yeah. 411. That is insane. Um and so, oh, okay. <laughs> you look up how tall Big Chungus is? Yeah. Uh <laughs> What are the odds that somebody else wanted to find that? I would say pretty low. Wow. Um <laughs> no, it, it says how much he weighs. What? <laughs> how? How much does Big Chungus weigh? <laughs> Three thirty thousand kilograms. <laughs> thirty thousand kilograms. Yeah, right. That's insanity. He really is Big Chungus. The age, infinity, infinity, <laughs> infinity great. years old. If uh, you guys don't know who Big Chungus is, you have to look it up. It'll be, it'll be a real treat. Oh, uh, if I look okay. up Big, the first thing that pops out in my search history is Big Chungus. Okay, what is 218 centimeters? 218 centimeters? Yeah. Okay, in one sec. Let in me... feet. Um, <laughs> hey, Siri, what's 218 centimeters in feet? He's doing the math. Seven foot. 
<laughs> seven feet, seven point one five. But Big Ed, man, dude, Big Ed is four eleven. Big Chungus is seven feet tall, and he weighs thirty thousand kilograms. Listen, all none of that matters. What matters <laughs> is what happens when you get into the In, into the, the ring, the circle, the mat. into the circle. Yeah, on the mats, on the mats, on the mats, on the mats. It's okay. not the size of the dog; it's the, the size mats. of the heart in the in the no neck. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that's so, that's where honestly that's kind of where Big Ed has an advantage because he's got no neck. You can't really like grab him. Yeah, you can't choke him out. Yeah, you might grab him to like choke him out, but there's no neck for you to grab with yeah. Big Ed. Um, you got shoulders. Yeah, and he's like persistent too. Like it really, you, mm-hmm. it was not hard to tell that that woman in that show was not interested in him. Yeah, and I've never really seen the show, but and he just persisted. He was there. Mm. He was taking a shower with her dad at one point. Yeah, you know it was. He's a persistent guy. He's not going to give up. And Big Chungus, I mean, what can you say about Big Chungus? I mean, there's a lot to say about Big Chungus, but <laughs> I think enough has been said. What can you say that hasn't already been said? What can you say that hasn't already been said? Phenomenal. You really brought the fire. Thanks, John. I wasn't expecting you to go in that direction. I was expecting more of a realistic direction, but that works. Big Chungus versus Big Ed. I had Tom who Cruise. Tom, two who I got. Yeah, who you got? I'm gonna. I gotta go with Chungus. I don't know. I think he's. I think he's just really? a lot to handle. Like, yeah, he's a lot to handle. That's a I lot mean, to throw around. Think and about like, it realistically, though. He cannot be thirty thousand kilograms. Okay, yeah, that might be a little bit of a stretch. But seven feet tall. I don't know. He's neat. There's no way he's. Maybe that's counting the ears. Oh. That could be counting the ears. Oh, the ears got to be at least a foot. So let's say he's six foot tall. Okay. Yeah. Let's say yeah. It's, but even six foot to four eleven. Dude. 411 is almost five feet. That's only a foot difference. A foot difference. We both have pretty substantial height differences. Big Ed has got some moves, I'll tell you. Well, I feel like Big Ed could probably move quite a bit better than Chungus. Chungus looks like immobile. It yeah. doesn't look like he can do a whole lot of moving. Yeah. And Big Ed is slippery. See, he puts mayonnaise in his hair, man. He, does he put mayonnaise he in his hair? Mayonnaise. Why does he put mayonnaise in his hair? Mayonnaise in his hair. Uh, it keeps it uh, shiny and healthy, I think. Something like that. I don't know. Okay. Or it keeps the color in. I don't know. I doubt it. I mean, I'm not going to say that, I don't know, his hair is not a great example. Have you ever put mayonnaise in your I, hair? I actually have put mayonnaise in my hair. Oh, what? You had, you had louse before? I think so. I don't know. It was as a child. I remember having mayonnaise in my hair at one point. Oh. I don't remember what it was all about, but I know... Have you had mayonnaise in your hair? Never. Okay. I don't think I ever yeah, will. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> um, anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? Who uh, said that? I think it's... My other idea was going to be me versus you. Oh, we already know that. Well, I know we're not totally... Let's say it on one. Three, two, one. Me, obviously. Oh, obviously. It's good that we agree. Okay. Um, We may not be total celebrities at this point, but I mean, I think that would be a good fight. I think E-list. So, yeah, like, let's go, like, height, weight. Like, I'm 6'3". Okay. With a 6'5 wingspan. Okay, Uh, you're 6'3 with a 6'5 wingspan. I'm 5'10 with a 6'2 wingspan. Yeah, you have a good wingspan. Yeah. But still not as long as mine. Yeah, I know, but like almost like <laughs> you have a substantial wingspan. I do. That's and one is, thing this about this is in you. a boxing match. You're saying, yeah. Well, yeah. Let's say boxing. And am I am I in the exact shape I'm in now, or are we both being getting fit? <laughs> no. Well, okay. Let's say we had time to train. We had time to train. Oh, uh, me. Okay. Are you kidding me? I hate how confident you are about that. Are you kidding me? Oh. My okay. Goodness. All right. I don't know if you have that. You... Ki- I don't know if you have that killer instinct. You, I don't have that killer. Yeah. If I don't have to choke somebody out, I'm fine. I don't think that you... I don't know. I don't think you have that aggression. I think I can get aggressive. I don't know if you can get aggressive like that. 
Really? Because I think you're just a nice, you're a sweet boy. Honestly. No. Yeah, I'm sweet boy. And that might work in your favor because I would be, I wouldn't want to hit you. But I mean, no, I, you I, don't I, care. You could. I, I, I could work up the motivation. You to showed hit you. me that before. Yeah. No. Uh. No, obviously, I would win. But I just want to give you kind of a chance to to, to talk about your side. Of, you know yeah. about it. You could. You, but but. Okay. Make it MMA. Make it. It's not just boxing. MMA. MMA. So I, would win, I would win. I would win. No, no, no. On the ground, I'm Joe, better than you. you can't even get choked out. On the ground, I'm better than you. You can't even get choked out. It would be over. MMA, I, that's why I said boxing. MMA is literally not I wouldn't a let you get me choked well, out. I would do If it. I were in shape, I'd have the stamina and I could do it. Yeah, but if you're in shape, then I'm also in shape. Yeah, but then you you in shape is nothing compared to me in shape. Okay, this is getting I have so much more offense. potential. That's not even true. You don't uh, think, really? I, you don't, I could bulk up. I'm doing it right. I worked out before you came, Joe. I can't even tell. I know. You know what? This I was, did it once. I did, did it once. What do you expect? Are you training for this fight right now? Yes. Okay. Fair enough. I think that's enough. I think we've talked enough about fighting, Jeez. right? Or unless you got anything else you offensive you want to say to me. <laughs> offensive. Um, no, I'm not actually. I'm not a competitive person per se. Well, it sure seems like it. No. Honestly, got a little hurtful there for a no. little bit. Um. I just don't like how confident you are. I didn't. I was. I felt like I was the least confident out of you're, the two of us. You just. You just. Me. I'm. I'm actually talking about it. I'm like, yeah, I could win. But you're just like, oh, I would win. Are you kidding me? Well, listen. I. I, I don't know. Look at you. I would. <laughs> just kidding. That's so mean. All right. Um. Look at your stupid body. Look at your dumb body. You're it so sucks. frail. How are you even sitting you there? You have a right bad now? body, Joe. Your body sucks. So. Your body's working against itself. Your yeah. knees are bad. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're going to have knee surgery you, in two years. You can't even beat your own body. How would you beat <laughs> yeah, my body? Your body's already kicking your butt. Yeah. I already can hardly stand. Yeah. Um, no, it's okay. You have bad knees. I have a terrible lower back. So. <laughs> and that's not that important in, in MMA. So. What isn't? A back. <laughs> okay. Knees. Yeah. That's yeah. what's a back and a knee. You yeah, know? really. All you need is these two guys. All you need is, all you need is. Uh, I'm holding up my fists for those <laughs> who can't see, which is everybody. What, um, what do they call them? Uh, I'm talking Doctor Simon and Doc, Garfunkel, Doctor Quinn here. and Medicine Woman. That's what <laughs> Simon I'm saying. Garfunkel, Walker, Texas Ranger, Walker and Texas Ranger. Yeah. Anyways, this I think this is more than enough at this <laughs> point. If you guys are still listening to the podcast at this point. The, Shout out to you. Um, we're, I think we're going to get into football, Joe, unless you have anything else. You, no, I'm not even going to give you an opportunity to say anything else. But I, Okay, I'm let's hit the news. First up in the news, we have Julio Jones finally being traded after weeks, really months of speculation uh, there was rumors about where he would go. Potentially New England looked like a, a favorite. Tennessee was really in it from the beginning. Seattle was a betting favorite there for a while. But in the end, Tennessee finally pulls the trigger on trading for the all-pro wide receiver. One of the greatest receivers in NFL history. Probably the greatest receiver of my lifetime. It's basically him and Megatron. Calvin Johnson and Julio Jones, I think, are, are the two greatest receivers of my lifetime. Uh, I was not around to see Jerry Rice. Uh, so to me, Julio Jones and, and, and Calvin Johnson, I've never seen players that good at the receiver position. And I think they're both very comparable. I think uh, Megatron was just 
I mean, athletic freak. It's hard to say that anybody is comparable to Megatron. But Julio Jones is right there. I mean, just with his incredible athleticism, his height, weight, speed. I mean, just just a freak athlete, and can take over games. I mean, some of the some of the games. I just I I'm, one of the big things that I think about when I think of Julio Jones. And this sounds this is starting to sound like a retirement speech, but he's he's not retiring. He just got traded. But one of the things I I think of when I think of Julio Jones is how his catch in the Super Bowl against the Patriots that should have been the game-winning catch. When he made that unbelievable catch, that toe-tap catch that looked like it was going to close out the Patriots, that's that's who Julio Jones is. He makes these game-changing plays. Um and that's what that's what Tennessee is hoping that they're still getting. Uh they traded uh, a, a 2022 second round pick and a 2023 fourth round pick for Julio Jones and a sixth round pick in 2023. Um, so essentially a second round pick and then and then a fourth rounder um, going back to Atlanta and, and they receive a sixth rounder um, in return. So the second round pick is essentially the, the big thing. Um, there was a lot of rumors that he would potentially get a first round pick um, that was, I think that was just propaganda being spread by, by the Atlanta Falcons. I never thought that they would get a first round pick for him. Now I'm not saying that I wouldn't have traded a first round pick for him. If I was one of these contending teams, uh, that, that needed a receiver, I absolutely, like a green Bay, I absolutely would have given up a first round pick, uh, for a wide receiver, uh, for a wide receiver, uh, of Julio Jones's caliber to me, uh, a lot of, there's a lot being said about Julio Jones's injuries and the fact that he just hasn't been healthy um really all of last season he was not healthy and 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 uh he didn't play a lot of a lot of games uh he he was not as productive uh as if you just look at pure stats wise last season was it was a down year for Julio Jones who's really dominant year in and year out uh he only played in 9 games uh he only had 771 yards receiving three touchdowns but as somebody who had him on his fantasy team last year, I can tell you that when he played, he was dominant still. I think he's still a really good receiver. Uh, and there's, there's, there's rumors that he just he wanted out in Atlanta for a while. And maybe what he needs to really get back uh, motivated. And I don't think he really needs motivation. I think he's one of the hardest working receivers in the NFL. But maybe this gets him motivated. Maybe once he gets healthy, I think he could still easily be a top five receiver in the NFL. I think... I'm I'm doing some top five rankings again this year, and there's a good chance Julio Jones will still be in the top five receivers in the NFL. I think going into the season, to me, one down year is not enough uh, to say that he's that he's uh, washed up. I don't think he's washed up whatsoever. I mean, you look at his per game stats; he still averaged 85 uh, receiving yards per game, which is down from his other years. Some of his other years are just insane. Well, there's no doubt to me that he still has the ability at, at 31 years old to be uh, a phenomenal uh, receiver. And adding him with with A.J. Brown, who really recruited Julio Jones to Tennessee, he had that video uh, telling Julio Jones to come to Tennessee, come home, Julio is what he was saying, uh, and how great it would be to team up with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown. And 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 he did a, did a phenomenal job because Julio Jones is joining A.J. Brown in Tennessee. Having him team up with, with A.J. Brown, uh, Derrick Henry, uh, Ryan Tannehill's there. I mean, that's hard. It's I think you're hard pressed to find four offensive players uh, on any other team that that can even compare to that. I mean, you could look at maybe Kansas City with Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, um, Travis Kelsey, and Clyde Edwards-Helaire. That might be one of the few uh, quad 
quads that would would really compete with this. I mean, this offense has gone from an offense that I think was lacking um, in receiver depth. I mean, Josh Reynolds was was projected to be the number two receiver there to now a team that I think is just flourishing with talent on the offensive side of the football. And Ryan Tannehill, he's getting a lot of heat. I mean, Julio Jones, it came out that he wanted to play with a, with a quarterback that had a strong arm. And the people right away, when they when they think of Ryan Tannehill, they just think, oh, oh Ryan Tannehill's a bad quarterback. Ryan Tannehill's not a bad quarterback. And as, as a Dolphins fan who, who watched him play eight, uh, seven seasons in Miami, I can attest to the fact that uh, when he left Miami, when he got traded to Tennessee, I remember saying, um, he's a better quarterback than than Marcus Mariota. I, I remember saying very clearly he's going to be the starter there. Like he's better than Marcus Mariota. I, I, I agreed with the Dolphins that it was time to move on from him. But I always knew that Ryan Tannehill was not as bad as people thought he was. And and ever since he's gotten to Tennessee, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in football. And people don't give him enough credit for that. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has been like genuinely an MVP candidate last year at times and, and just an incredibly efficient and fantastic player. I mean, his you look at some of the stats going around like, like in his last 24 games or however many he started with Tennessee, his stats are comparable to that of like Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's been that good. And, and as a deep ball thrower, he's one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL. And then you add to that the fact that Derrick Henry is the best, most dominant running back in football and, and play action is what Ryan Tannehill in this offense thrives on. You have the threat of Derrick Henry and then you, you know, so teams are not going to, uh, not going to sell out, you know, trying to, trying to blitz the quarter or trying to cover uh, as many guys as possible because they want to, they want to load the box. They want to try to stop Derrick Henry. So then you add in the play action game and that's going to get guys like Julio Jones and AJ Brown down the field and Ryan Tannehill, I think, is going to be really good this year. He could be an MVP candidate. I think this works so well for this offense. I think Julio Jones makes this offense so much better. I'm expecting him to have a, a huge year. A.J. Brown, I think, is going to have a huge year. I think this offense will be really good. Um, and and it, as far as Atlanta goes, we had, didn't really talk much about Atlanta. But uh, if you are doing a fantasy draft... Or, or if you know you have players from other years, I don't know how that works. Some people have players from other years. I guess it's like a dynasty league or something. But if you have a chance to go get Calvin Ridley or 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 um, Kyle Pitts, who they just drafted the tight end, I mean those are good investments at this point because Julio Jones is not no longer there. Um, but I I really like um, the Titans going out and trading for Julio Jones. And I think him and AJ Brown could be one of if not the best receiving duo in the NFL this upcoming season. Logan Paul against Floyd Mayweather. Um, Julio Jones in Tennessee. Uh, Joe against me. These are all people with things to prove, you know, in in their fights, in their new places. Uh, I think everybody has something that they want to prove in life. Uh, some more than others. Some people have established, you know, a pretty good career NFL-wise. I think there's certain players who there's not much more to prove. Tom Brady, as much as he keeps himself motivated and feels like he has to prove something every year, he really doesn't have anything left to prove. I mean, that guy's, I mean, his legacy is cemented. Guys like Aaron Donald, J.J. Watt, I think guys like that, I think they, they don't have anything other, else to prove. You could say they haven't won a Super Bowl, but I don't think that a Super Bowl really decides the legacy of a defensive lineman. I think those guys' legacies 
have already been cemented. Guys like that. But but to me, there, there's some guys who in the NFL who this season have something uh, to prove in 2021. Whether they had a bad year last year, whether they haven't played up to standard their whole career to this point yet, uh, whether they're just looking to you know bounce back from injury. There's there's tons of players I think that that have things to prove in 2021. So I'm going to go over a few. I have five main players, and then I have a few extra uh, other players that I'll talk about. Uh, players just just with with things that they need to establish in 2021. The first one for me is Ben Roethlisberger, the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now you could argue uh, his legacy is already cemented as well. And, and to a certain extent, I would agree with that. Uh, he's one of the greatest quarterbacks we've seen. Uh, definitely one of, uh, you know, the greatest of my lifetime. I mean, he's he was up there with guys like Peyton Manning. Uh, you know, maybe not to that high. But I, I think him and Phillip Rivers are kind of like very similar careers. Obviously, Roethlisberger has that Super Bowl. But to me, um, after last year... Uh, ben Roethlisberger going into this season has a lot to prove. And the main thing I think he needs to prove is that he's not completely washed up because I think that's the narrative around uh, Ben Roethlisberger right now. I think most people think the Pittsburgh Steelers are a great roster. And and I would agree with that. They have an incredible defense, probably one of the most talented defenses in the NFL. They have a great receiving core uh, with Juju Smith-Suster coming back uh, for another season. And um, <laughs> you just, what? I saw the face that you made when I said that name. You really, you don't, you don't take Juju Smith-Schuster very seriously. No. Why not? Is it the Juju part or the Smith-Schuster part? I, was, I wasn't making a face. I was mouthing Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> okay. Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, he's coming back to Pittsburgh, Joe. Good for him. Uh, yeah, he's coming back. And um, last year... The Steelers obviously started 11-0, and uh, were just just one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, and then they, they lost, I think, three of their last four games um, and, and did not look good down the stretch. There was no running game. The offensive line was bad. Uh, ben Roethlisberger kind of fell off. He, I mean, he just didn't look like the Ben Roethlisberger that we were that we were used to. I mean, in the first in the first nine games of last season, he had four interceptions, and then in the last six games, he had six interceptions. I mean, that kind of puts in perspective uh, the uh, part of the drop off that he had. And I think just his arm strength wasn't there. He just didn't look like the same guy last year. I don't know if that was just getting tired, or like, or if he's just age has caught up to him the same way that it did with Peyton Manning there uh, at the end of Peyton Manning's career. Or, or maybe there were some other factors within the organization, but but he did not look good um, down the stretch. And they had that embarrassing loss to Cleveland um, to, just to kind of cap things off, where, where it was a complete disaster from the start. And to me, Ben Roethlisberger needs to prove uh, that he can just be a, a good enough quarterback. I don't think he needs to be this dominant MVP caliber quarterback. I don't think he needs to be... Um, you know, the Ben Roethlisberger of old, but I think he just needs to to uh, show a little arm strength, show a little uh, of what he had at the beginning of last season as uh, instead of what we saw at the, the end of last season. And for each one of these guys, I want to go through a best, best case scenario and worst case scenario. So to me, Ben Roethlisberger, the, the best case scenario for him this year 
is that he plays like he did in the first half of the season. Uh, he's not amazing by any means, but he's not turning the ball over. He's playing good enough. He's getting the ball to guys like Chase Claypool, Juju, um, you know, those other talented receivers on that roster. He throws for, let's say, 4,000 4, yards. Um, he's got 30 touchdowns. He's got a, a low interception number, maybe 11 uh, interceptions. You know, this team, I think if he's playing like that, they go 12-5. and five. They potentially win the AFC North. I think that's the best-case scenario. They win the AFC North, which is one of the most talented divisions in the NFL. Uh, ben Roethlisberger looks great. I mean, compared to last year, he looks like his old self or the way he did at the beginning of last year. Uh, and this team's flying into the playoffs. And I think that's a that's a possibility. But I think it's also a possibility that the worst case scenario is that this Steelers offense is still stuck in mud. Uh, they can't get anything done. I mean, I just think back to that Washington game, which was their first loss of last season, where they just looked awful. I mean, they could not get anything done. And that's kind of how the offense looks. He throws for, let's say, 3,500 yards, 22 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, something like that. Uh, and, you know, they have like a 4-13 and 13, uh, or like a 5-12 and 12 season where, you know, they're last in, in the NFC North or the AFC North, rather. Um, you know, it's one of them, like I said, it's one of the most talented divisions in football. And if the Bengals can can take that step forward uh, and, and the Steelers don't come to play and Ben Roethlisberger doesn't come to play, it's a real possibility they could be fourth in, in the AFC North. Now, I'm not betting for it. I think that Roethlisberger would have to be pretty bad and the rest of this team would have to take a pretty big step back for that to happen. But that, like, like I said, that's a worst-case scenario. And I think that's possible for Ben Roethlisberger. And my next player with something to prove in 2021 is Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. I've talked about him uh, just a ton on this podcast. Obviously, uh, as a Dolphins fan, uh, I, I like to talk about the Dolphins once in a while. And Tua has been one of the uh, hottest topics in the NFL uh, this off season, um, last off season, uh, this regular, this last regular season, um, and the biggest question for him, and the biggest uh, concern for him, is can he be the guy in 2021 and going forward? I think if you ask a lot of people, most fans in the NFL, I think the consensus would say no, other than Dolphins fans. I think even some Dolphins fans, after just nine games, don't believe that he can be that guy. Uh, and, you know, he played well at times. The Arizona game, he played amazing, uh, dueling against Kyler Murray. But there was also multiple occasions where he was benched uh, during his rookie season. He just did not play well. The offense could not get anything done. Uh, you could blame that on Chan Gailey's offense. You could blame that on inexperience. Tua has come out and said that he just wasn't ready. Uh, he wasn't ready to play uh, in 2020. He didn't know the offense. He didn't he didn't didn't have the confidence that he he needed to play. And, and that's all fine to say now. But he wasn't saying that last season when he was when he was reportedly ready to go and that hip was ready to go and now he's feeling better with the hip. I think he's got a lot of doubters to prove wrong uh in this NFL season uh upcoming. I th- I think he's been slandered the most probably out of out of any quarterback going into this season. I mean, there, there are certain quarterbacks, and some of them we might talk about later in this segment, I think that have gotten a way longer leash uh, with their struggles than Tua has in just nine games. And, you know, and Miami has tried to go out and improve this offense for Tua. Uh, they got Jalen Waddell in the draft. They brought in Will Fuller. You add that to Devontae Parker, Mike Kosicki, who's probably like a top five, top seven tight end in the NFL. I mean, that's, that, that's a good... Uh, receiving core right there. 
uh, way better than what they, they they trotted out last season. Uh, so to me, Tua needs to take that next step. He needs to show that you know last year was just rookie struggles, and he needs to get to a level I think uh, to where he's you know a best case scenario. We're talking about best case scenario for Tua. Uh, he's one of he he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in football. I think that's what he has the capability to be. That's what he was at Alabama. Incredibly accurate. That was what his strength was. Um, so to me, best case scenario, he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks uh, in football. Uh, he throws for let's say again four thousand yards, thirty touchdowns uh, with with that that incredible receiving core that they have now. He throws a low interception number, ten interceptions, uh, and they're competing for the AFC East title with Buffalo and New England, uh, and they're right there in that mix. I think that's best case scenario. Now, worst case scenario uh, for Tua is he just, he, he you know, he doesn't grasp the offense. He doesn't have confidence. He still looks uh, shook. He doesn't look athletic. He doesn't look like his, you know, his downfield passing has gotten any better. Uh, and, you know, he throws for 180 yards a game kind of like he did last season he, he finishes with like 3,200 yards 20 touchdowns his interceptions go way up 14 14 interceptions he just cannot get a grasp of the NFL offense they finish say third in the AFC East uh, I mean and, and and then questions start coming with you know Aaron Rodgers potentially not being in Green Bay next year Deshaun Watson who knows where that goes maybe they get back in that mix Russell Wilson. There's a ton of quarterbacks that could be moving next offseason. And if Tua doesn't get it right, if he doesn't prove people wrong, I mean, he could be out of a job come next season. As quick as that seems, um, he needs to prove himself in 2021. And then on to my next player who has something to prove in 2021. And it's Ezekiel Elliott, the running back for the Dallas Cowboys. And I think what he needs to prove to people in 2021 is um, that can he remind people just how how good he really was? I mean, if it, it seems like a few years ago uh, that we really saw Ezekiel Elliott at his prime. I mean, this guy was a dominant force uh, at the running back position. Coming into the NFL, uh, two out of his first three seasons led the league in in, in rushing yards. Was just a a balanced. Um, just playmaker. He can make plays in the receiving game. Can make players uh, plays in the in, you know obviously rushing the ball. He's a he's a a tank. He can run guys over. He can juke you out. He's got breakaway speed. But injuries, you know, and off the field issues have have really hindered him the last few seasons. And he struggled. He really struggled at times last season. He didn't get over a thousand yards. He averaged around sixty five yards per game in in fifteen games. Um, he had eight touchdowns, which was a career low. Um, he fumbled the ball six times, which it's honestly seemed like he fumbled more. It seemed like there was weeks where he would fumble twice every single game, and it was just backbreaking, terrible fumbles uh, for the Cowboys. Um, you know, and he only had two games where he went over 100 yards rushing, and that just wasn't the Ezekiel Elliott uh, that we saw early in his career. And I think people are forgetting just how good he really was. Like I said, he, you know, he's had. Um, three seasons, uh, three out of his first five seasons, he's had 300 plus uh, carries. You know, he's he led the league, like I talked about, two of the first three seasons in the NFL. I mean, he was just this, his rookie season, he led the NFL in rushing yards. I mean, he's just, he's been a dominant force. And I think uh, he, he has to prove that he can get back to that level because they signed him to that huge contract. And he has to, you know, there has to be a running back eventually come along, whether it's him, maybe Christian McCaffrey, 
that has to come along and, and, and look like they're worth that big contract because we've seen guys like Todd Gurley, that contract just did not work out. We've seen running backs get paid uh, and like Le'Veon Bell, it just does not work out. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott has got to be hoping that he can prove the haters wrong, prove that his you know he doesn't have a bloated contract, that he's worth that big payday that he got. I think best case scenario for Ezekiel Elliott is he gets right back on track to where he was going in his career. Uh, he has 1,600 rush yards, uh, 15 touchdowns on the ground, which is something that he's done in his career before. Uh, he has about 350 receiving yards, uh, maybe throws in a couple touchdowns there. He's top three in the NFL in rushing yards, and Dallas has like the best uh, best offense in football, and they win that division, which shouldn't be very hard. I think worst-case scenario, he just can't stay healthy. He can't stay on the field. Tony Pollard's looking really good. I mean, he's played well at times. Uh, he's, he's you know, Ezekiel Elliott is playing good when he's on the field, but he's just not great. And that contract continues to look like an albatross uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. And I think that's a worst-case scenario. But I, I'm confident Ezekiel Elliott can get back uh, and improve himself in 2021. Another player that we've talked about uh, quite a bit on this podcast and really has been, you know, a big headline of this of this offseason is is Carson Wentz, the, the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, uh, obviously previously of the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think he is, without a doubt, the perfect example of somebody who has something to prove uh, in 2021 um, because the Colts are not committed to this guy long term. Uh, they could get rid of him after this year and have no cap implications whatsoever. Just move on. Uh, to me, he needs to prove that he can get his career back on track. Um, he had one, he was one of, if not the worst quarterbacks in football last year. And I've had some debates, you know, with people on Twitter, uh, and, and just you know, people want to just throw that away as he didn't have offensive linemen uh, that were capable. He didn't have a very good receiving core, you know, things like that. And that's all fair. I totally agree with the fact that he did not have talent around him. Uh, and I've talked about this, you know, multiple times on the on the podcast. The Eagles just didn't have, you know, talent, whether it be injuries or whatever it was last year. Um, but I don't think you can just you can just throw all of the blame on the, on those factors. To me, Carson Wentz was terrible, terrible, terrible last year. And I talked about it so much during the season. Um, and how frustrated I was with him. And there, you know, at the beginning of the season, I, I was kind of on 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 the train where you know he just doesn't have any help. He he needs help. The reason that he's struggling because he has nothing around him. But there was there was points where, I mean, he was just he would run around and throw the ball up and like just no plan. He looked like a complete mess. Uh, and and he was a mess. His confidence was shot. He apparently was not happy with that they brought in Jalen Hurts which affected his confidence, which to me is insane. As an NFL quarterback, uh, to have your whole game fall apart uh, because you lost a little confidence because you're scared of the guy behind me, that just that does not, that did not sit well with me when it came to Carson Wentz. And I've always been a Carson Wentz fan, and I like Carson Wentz as a quarterback, as, as a player, as a person. I think he's a great dude. But to me, I lost a little bit of respect for him. Just, just his confidence being shot so much just from a rookie quarterback coming in I mean that doesn't sit well with me and I hope he can find a way to get that confidence back in Indianapolis because I think he needs to 
I mean, he was really bad. He's got a much better supporting cast. I think their offensive line is substantially better. The receiving core is, is probably better. Although I don't think Indianapolis's receiving core is as good as people give it credit, credit for. Uh, I think they have good players. Uh, Michael Pittman, I think, is an up-and-coming player. T.Y. Hilton, uh, he's not who he used to be, uh, but he's still a good player. But I, I think they would have really benefited from bringing in a guy like Julio Jones. I don't think the receiving core is amazing by any stretch, but he's got a better support, supporting cast. He's got a better defense. I think best-case scenario for Carson Wentz is that you know he's back to a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. He throws for, uh, let's say, 4,500 yards or 4,200 yards, something like that. He's got 35 touchdowns, really low interception number. He brings those turnovers down. He doesn't throw interceptions. He's got like seven interceptions. Uh, he's an MVP candidate, comeback player of the year candidate. They win the AFC South. They beat out the Titans and Julio Jones. Um, and, you know, and they're right back on track to where they were last year. Uh, and I think worst case is he just never gets that confidence back. Uh, we don't see uh, the old Carson Wentz. Uh, he still doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't look confident. He throws for like three and a half thousand yards, 22 touchdowns. And he's got like a huge interception and turnover number, like 20 picks or something, uh, which with the way he was playing last year, I don't think it's outrageous. I mean, he he, w- he was a turnover machine last year. Uh, you know, and, and maybe that Indianapolis, I, I've said, I think the Colts defense is due for a little bit of a step back. I don't think they're, uh, you know, one of the most talent, you know, I don't think they're a top three talented defense in the NFL. I think they played really well last year. I think that we could expect a little bit of a step back from them. I think they still have talent. I love the Quiddy Pay draft pick. Uh, but, you know, if all of a sudden that defense takes a step back, then they're not as good. And, and you know, they can't, they can't compete with the Titans for that division. I think that's the worst case scenario for the Colts and for Carson Wentz. And moving over to the defensive side of the ball, and one player that I think has something to prove in 2021 and beyond uh, is Jadevian Clowney, the edge rusher for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he's a guy who I think has gotten so much talk with so little production over the last few years. I mean, this guy, um, people treat him as if he's still uh, an elite pass or if he was ever an elite pass rusher in the NFL I think there was times in his career where he was a disruptor he made some big time plays Um, but to me in 2021 he needs to prove that he can be a disruptive force that he can get that big payday I think this is a big thing for him he's never gotten that big contract because he's never had big production in years where he needed to to get that contract Uh, he had zero sacks last year with the Titans which is just I mean, he didn't play a whole lot, um, but he's also never had double-digit sacks in an NFL season ever, which is, it seems hard to believe, but he's never had double-digit sacks. Um, He he hasn't been able to stay healthy in his career, uh, and, you know, he's had good pressure numbers, good hurry numbers, but to me, you got to get sacks, uh, you know, and if there's a place where you can go that would help you get to that point, I don't know if there's a much better place than playing opposite of Miles Garrett. You know, that could be game-changing uh, for Jadevian Clowney. I think that that is something that uh, that that you're hoping that it brings the best out of him because we haven't seen him make those game-changing plays uh, in years. I remember a, f- a few years back him making some huge plays in a playoff game against the Patriots. Now, they didn't end up winning that game, but I remember just how dominant he was in that game. And we just haven't seen that version of Jadevian Clowney in a few years. He had a few flashes in, in Seattle, but... 
I think he's got to prove that he can be a game-changing, game-wrecking edge rusher and that he can do that opposite, you know, a guy who could be a defensive player of the year candidate in Miles Garrett. And, you know, and I think best case scenario for Clowney is that he gets, he finally gets that double-digit sack mark. You know, he gets like 11 sacks, um, you know, four four force fumbles. Uh, he gets like 40 pressures. He's just a game-wrecking force. Him and Miles Garrett are the best pass rushing duo in the in the NFL they're just a dominant pro bowl type you know and, and the browns are are winning the AFC north they're a top 2 seed uh, and, and you know they're flying with an extremely talented young defense Jadevian Clowney finally uh, has that big season in a contract year and i think worst case scenario is we see what we saw last year uh, with Tennessee where you know he he just can't stay healthy he ends with like a sack and a half you know, better than zero sacks last year, but still not good. And he's just not a difference maker. He's just, you know, he just doesn't really help the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and and if he has another season or two like that, uh, he might not have very many years left in the NFL. I mean, he just, you have to show me something. You could talk about pressure numbers and disruptive, and but you got to get sacks. You got to, to me, there's no more disruptive play than sacking the quarterback for a seven-yard loss. That's about as disruptive as you can be without getting a turnover. I mean, so if you want to be disruptive, if you want to revive your career, I mean, Jadevian Clowney needs to have a big year this year in 2021. And that kind of wraps up the main guys that I want to bring to the table with guys that have things to prove uh, in 2021. I do have a few others just to kind of quickly go over. I think guys, uh, there's a there's a lot of quarterbacks I think that have that have things to prove. Uh, Justin Fields, the only rookie that I had in consideration. I just think the fact that you know he had three quarterbacks drafted in front of him, he looks motivated. He didn't seem happy about that. I think he's going to be motivated to, to prove that he's the best rookie quarterback, that, that people shouldn't have passed on him. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I think it's obvious this is a tryout year for him. He's got to prove that he can be an NFL quarterback. He can be the guy for the Eagles in 2021. Matthew Stafford, he's got to prove that he can be as good as people are penciling him in to be. Can he really take this Rams offense to another level? Can he finally win some games on a talented roster? Uh, you know, I'm I'm convinced. I think this Rams team is going to be flying, but he need, still needs to go out and and, and walk the walk uh, this season. Um, and you know, there's other guys. AJ Green, I think, in, in Arizona needs to prove that he can be a decent receiver again. I mean, people are just kind of writing off him, uh, his career like it's like it's over. Can he be a good second option there to? Um, to uh, DeAndre Hopkins, or is he even better than you know the other receivers that they have there in Arizona? Uh, Zach Ertz came to mind, the tight end for 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 the Eagles. I th- there's been a lot of rumors about him potentially being traded. I know Buffalo seems to be very involved in those rumors. Can he can he get back to? He was he was a top five tight end for me going into the last year's NFL season. Did not play well this last year. Was hurt for the majority of the year. Can he get back to? that top five tight end status, or is his career just, you know, on the downslide? And then you get over to, to you guys that aren't uh, players, guys like Mike Mayock, the general manager for the for the Las Vegas Raiders. I think he's had a lot of really questionable draft picks the last few years, and I think, you know, maybe it's not even him that has to prove something in 2021, but it's the players that he took uh, so far that have to prove for him 
in 2021 because I think, you know, John Gruden's not getting fired. He's got that 10 year contract. He's not getting fired. Uh, and, and, you know, if, if those draft picks don't pan out, it's going to point right back to Mike Mayock, uh, the general manager there. And, you know, he's, he's going to have to, to take the blame. Uh, he's going to, he's got to be praying that some of these guys like Jonathan Abram, Damon Arnett, Cleland Farrell, some of these guys just pan out Alex Leatherwood. I mean, these guys need to pan out for Mike Mayock. And then finally, Cliff Kingsbury, I've said, you know, we just don't know who that guy is. Is he a good, is he a good coach? I mean, what has he really shown us that he can do, uh, on that offense? Um, I haven't seen enough from him. I want to see him, you know, do something special with, with all those weapons that you have there on offense. Uh, but that kind of wraps up, uh, today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. I really enjoyed. I thought this was a good, uh, topic to talk about. I'm excited for the 2021 NFL season. Uh, feeling more motivated to talk football, hoping to get into writing a little bit. I've been slacking quite a bit as far as writing goes, just been really busy, uh, in my life lately, but trying to get back on that writing grind. Um, stay tuned for that. Um, thank you guys for listening, Joe. I don't know if you have anything you want to say before we wrap up the show. Um, make sure you guys like and subscribe. Can you like? I don't think you can like a podcast. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. I think you say like and subscribe every time. But I think I do. I don't think you can like, but just, just subscribe. Like it in your heart. Yeah, just like. I don't want you to like it. I like don't mm-hmm. like just like it as an emotion. Um, and subscribe. That helps. Share the podcast. That helps a ton. If you guys like football or or you know whatever the heck we talked about at the beginning of the show, if you like that, um, share it with your friends. Um, give us a five-star review, five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. Lord knows I did. And we will catch you guys on the next one.
I don't know. I think you say like and subscribe every time, but I think I do. I don't think there's any like, but just, just subscribe. Like it in your heart. Yeah, just like. I want you to like it. I like don't mm-hmm. like just like it. 